Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's pause for just one second to see if you can hear what I can hear. Ready? Do you hear that dripping? It's inside my kitchen. That is happening. I had to laugh out loud. I've been sharing with you guys in episode, gosh, I don't even know, how to make sure that chaos doesn't turn into crisis. I shared with you guys some transitions that are happening in my life right now that timed just perfectly with the release of Chasing Cupcakes. And it's funny, I did that episode to talk about strategies I was putting in place to make sure that my own self-care didn't fall off the rails just because I was in a particularly chaotic season of life. And somebody emailed me and said, you know, I'm so glad you shared that because up until that episode, the don't let chaos turn into crisis episode, I just thought that you had the kind of life that made getting to the gym and eating well easy. And literally when I read that email, I laughed out loud because my reality could not be further from the truth. I don't think any of us, at least I've yet to meet somebody whose life effortlessly sets them up for self-care being easy. It is a choice, right? So that is why I share with you the dripping, why I am intentionally sitting in the kitchen to record this as opposed to moving away, A, because I just have to share the hysteria with you, but B, so that I can keep an eye on it. The backstory to this is I woke up this morning. My boyfriend was working overnight, so I was alone. I woke up at 4 a.m., I think because I was bone cold, just freezing cold. And I wonder why, because the heat's on. So I just figured, you know, I'd get up. And as I walk out of the bedroom, I'm like, no, no, it's really, really cold. Well, in the middle of a snowstorm overnight, the door had blown open, like the door to the outside. So God only knows how long it had been open for. My bad for not locking it. That's an easy fix. Uh, But I woke up to the door being open. So I closed the door. No big thing. And then I walk into the kitchen and... I step into a little river of water and think, uh-oh. And my first thought was, the snow must have blown in through the open door. No, no, that's too easy. Well, the kitchen, it's snowing and raining into the kitchen from, from the roof, which I thought had been fixed, but no, no. So as I sit here... With my coffee, which I almost immediately after finding the water, poured the coffee all over the counter. Whole nother story. I sit here doing my work, recording a podcast, because the show must go on 
with a massive t- pile of towels to my right and an actively leaking ceiling while it snows and rains outside. Comedy of errors. I think it's quite hysterical, a little bit stressful. I know it'll get fixed. All these problems are entirely solvable. There is nothing about any of this that cannot be fixed. But I share that just to harken back to that chaos doesn't have to be crisis. A lot of that has to do with perspective. But the reality is, no matter how early I wake up, no matter what gems I discover in this new house, and I share about that in that episode, If you're like, what are you talking about? But no matter what happens, I still can take great care of myself. There is nothing about an early morning, nothing about a cold house, nothing about a leaking roof, nothing about a chaotic week that removes my ability to take great care of myself. Today's episode, I want to give you a little backstory. And the pun is intended because today we're talking about stories. One of the single most transformational things we can all do in our quest to become happier, healthier humans or to reach any goal that we have related to weight loss, career, relationship, finances, one of the single most transformational things any of us can do is recognize the stories we're telling ourselves about our challenge about the change we want to create. And then once we've recognized the story, turn it into something, modify it just enough that it empowers us instead of continuing to defeat us or disempowering us. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can live a more empowering story than the story of the struggle, the story of the past, the story of the habits you want to overcome. The challenge that I see most often in my work with clients is that that word story is a struggle for a lot of people. Either they don't understand it or they perceive it to mean that they've made something up, that what they believe isn't rooted in reality. But it is rooted in reality. With very few exceptions, our stories are very real. They are based on something or some things that truly have happened, but within that is wiggle room for our interpretation, what we've made it mean, the meaning we've assigned to something that happened or a period of our lives or our past in general. The other challenge, and we're going to be tackling all of these things today, the other challenge that I've seen a lot of people have with stories is that they can't recognize them. It feels so ingrained that they can't separate what has happened from the story they've created about it. And the first thing I always think of when I am thinking about this particular challenge, the lack of ease in identifying a story, is the notion that a fish doesn't know it lives in water. The water has always been there, so we don't even recognize Kind of like as humans, we don't necessarily give a whole lot of thought or awareness to the air we breathe. It's just there. It's always been there. 
And stories can be a lot like that. But that doesn't mean that we cannot fairly easily identify the stories and change their meaning, adjust our interpretation so that we can create positive movement forward so that we can empower ourselves regardless of our past patterns or things that have happened in our lives. We do this all the time, consciously and subconsciously. We create stories every day, dozens of times a day, regardless of if we're aware of it or not, And we do it with tiny little things and we do it with big, huge things that come to really define the way we think about ourselves. Our stories are almost always influenced by our past, something that has happened. They're often influenced by our fears. Our stories are often influenced by our insecurities. And often it's a combination of all of those things. Our stories can be positive and they can be negative. And our negative stories, even if based in something awful that happened, our story about it can be very empowering. Our stories really boil down to the meaning we make. We are master meaning makers. We've talked about that before. The meaning we make, the meaning we assign to what has happened, things that we've done or not done, things that we've experienced or not experienced. Our stories come in the form of our beliefs, our thoughts, but also our words and our choices and our patterns of behavior. This is such a hot topic for me and something that I give a lot of time in explaining within Chasing Cupcakes. If you haven't gotten your copy Definitely do that today. It is now on Audible. I should have started with that because I told you guys I would tell you right away Chasing Cupcakes is now live on Audible. So even if you're not a big reader, you can go to Audible right now and get your copy. But stories are a big part of that book because they played such a huge role in my own life. My story for the longest time, based on my experiences, was that I'm just the fat girl, I'm an emotional eater, I have a terrible metabolism, rooted in real things, but the meaning I made, the interpretation I attached did not empower me, it disempowered me. And all of those facts are still real and true, but I can and I did create a story that was far more empowering I am free to make great choices today. I can show up and act as if I am healthy and strong just for today. I can do that. I am not limited by my past, even though it is very real. I want to give some small examples of stories because oftentimes recognizing the small stories is a really important stepping stone to getting comfortable identifying and adjusting bigger, more meaningful stories. Fact, there is a big snowstorm right now. Truth. But the meaning that I attach to that is my story. So some people that live in my town that are experiencing the same storm are going to have a story that this is an awful thing. Oh my gosh, snow, storm, car accidents, we might lose power, I better get to the grocery store, I hate the snow. 
other people who are experiencing the same storm in the same place are going to be like, oh my gosh, it's snowing. It's so beautiful. I love this time of year. Stories, interpretation, based in truth, but largely changeable. Or you get an angry email from a customer. And the customer is angry that the shipping time was so long. And one person might read that email and tell themselves a story about the person who sent it. Oh, they're awful. They're rude. They're impatient. Somebody else might read the exact same email and create a different story like, wow, we need to be better about communicating our shipping times so that our customers don't experience this frustration. Same objective reality, very different story around it. And we have an opportunity to reframe things to create different stories all the time. So for example, I started talking about the fact that um, my kitchen is actively leaking. Well, I could be like, oh my gosh, here we go. There's going to be all these problems with this house. What did I get myself into? I can't even believe it. I haven't even been in here for a week and I already wake up to problems. That is one story rooted in truth. But the other is, as I said earlier, it can be fixed. It absolutely can be fixed. And the great thing is everything that goes wrong in this new home that I fix broadens my skill set so that the next time it happens, I'm not freaked out, panicked, unsure of how to respond because I learned through my experience. Same reality, totally different story. Totally different story. Meaning making. Dan McAdams is a researcher and an expert in stories, and he refers to this as it relates to ourselves, right? I said my story about my weight for the longest time was that I'm just the fat girl. I'm an emotional eater. He calls that sort of thing narrative identity, narrative identity, who we think we are based on a story we tell ourselves. So this takes all forms. Some people say, I'm a serial starter. I begin and I begin and I begin, but I never finish anything. Or some people say, I'm just a spender. I've always been a spender. My mom was a spender. Narrative identity. We cherry pick certain things in our lives and we create a story around it. There were things in my childhood that I could have used to create a different story. But I didn't. I picked the problem. I picked the bad stuff. And that is what so many people do. Growing up, I was a a decent student. I was actually really good at Latin. Wasn't so great at math. Wasn't so great at science. But I was really great at Latin. And I was a really good musician. I sang all over. I, I was hired out for weddings and also for funerals, but also for weddings. I traveled to Africa to sing there. I could have had a story that I'm an artist. I was a good writer as a little kid. That could have been my story. But what happens is we often create this narrative identity around our problems. And then we limit ourselves by them. The great news is when you change your story, and you can beginning today, you change your life. And we're going to be talking as we as we continue about just how to change the story. What does that look like when it feels so real and it is rooted in things that really happened? 
we are going to be talking, I'm going to be introducing you to an expert in stories, some really simple questions you can ask yourself and strategies you can take to change your story so that instead of having it bury you and limit your potential, you stand on the shoulders of your story. I'll tell you where I first heard that phrase just the other day. I actually had to do this the other day. I recognized a really damaging story, a really negative meaning I attached to something. And in that moment, I felt awful. I was upset. I was in tears. I felt like a failure. I was embarrassed. And then I realized there is an entirely different way to see this that moves me forward that I can choose instead of choosing to see it this way, which moves me backwards, makes me feel stuck, makes me feel powerless. And I actually shared it this past Sunday on the VIP email list. If you're not on my VIP email list, just go to primalpotential.com forward slash join, J-O-I-N, primalpotential.com forward slash join, and you can hop on that VIP email list. I share all sorts of stories, uh, usually emailing out once per week. And though many of you probably heard it in that email, I'm going to share it again here to really demonstrate how dangerous stories can be if we're not aware of them and if we choose stories that really limit our power. This is what I shared in that VIP email list. Tuesday, January 15th, started out as a really good day. It was four days after the initial release of Chasing Cupcakes and I had closed on that new property and moved in. I was starting to get settled, find a new rhythm. Woke up early, got to work like I normally do. Took out some time to read, to journal, to drink some coffee. And in my reading, I came across a story and I decided to share it with my sister, Debbie. I recorded myself reading it and texted it to her. I've mentioned this book before a handful of times. One of my Master's Club clients suggested it to me and I read it every single morning. It is Mark Nepo's The Book of Awakening. I highly recommend it. I'm going to read just a tiny little piece of it to you now, uh, and you'll see how this really ties into the story and stories in general, right? This is again from Mark Nepo's The Book of Awakening. An aging Hindu master grew tired of his apprentice complaining, and so one morning sent him for some salt. When the apprentice returned, the master instructed the unhappy young man to put a handful of salt in a glass of water and then to drink it. How does it taste? The master asked. Bitter, spit the apprentice. The master chuckled and then asked the young man to take the same handful of salt and put it in the lake. The two walked in silence to the nearby lake and once the apprentice swirled his handful of salt in the water, the old man said, now drink from the lake. As the water dripped down the young man's chin, the master asked, how does it taste? Fresh, remarked the apprentice. Do you taste the salt? Asked the master. No, said the young man. At this, the master sat beside this serious young man who so reminded him of himself and took his hands offering, the pain of life is pure salt. No more, no less. 
The amount of pain in life remains the same, exactly the same, but the amount of bitterness we taste depends on the container we put the pain in. So when you are in pain, the only thing you can do is enlarge your sense of things. Stop being a glass. Become a lake. I texted that to my sister and went right on about my day. A few hours later, (laughs) I had a call with my book publisher to talk for the first time since the release of Chasing Cupcakes about the initial sales numbers. Now, keep in mind, this is my first book, so I didn't really have a concept of how many I would sell, but I do know my podcast numbers, my podcast daily downloads and things like that. So I figured that a good percentage of podcast listeners would be eager to buy the book. Plus, in the first day or two of the launch of Chasing Cupcakes, it hit number one new release in multiple categories and it made it to a top 200 overall sales list. So I was feeling pretty good. My expectations of the number of copies sold was, was reasonable, was high. And then I got on the phone with her and I pulled up the numbers and I felt like a failure instantly. Before my rational brain could catch up, I was gut punched. I was sad. I was disheartened. I felt like a failure. I was super embarrassed because the sales numbers were nowhere near my podcast listener numbers. And then I realized that this feeling was exactly the same as the feeling I've had a million times before when I would stand on the scale in the bathroom expecting to be several pounds down and then see that my weight was exactly the same or worse, it was a little higher. And in those moments when the scale, the reality of the scale didn't reflect my expectations for weight loss, I would often be like, what's the point? Who cares? Why do I even try? This is pointless. The meaning I would attach was related to defeat, was related to pity. I would beat myself up. And when I realized that, this is exactly the same thing, right? I had expectations, they weren't met, and I have a choice at that time, just like people have a choice in how they interpret a snowstorm or how they interpret the meaning they make of that angry customer email. I had a choice. How I respond in those moments, the meaning I make, the interpretation I choose, the story I create determines where I go in my life. It determines if I make progress or not. It determines if I feel motivated or not. It determines if I forge ahead or if I quit altogether. When I would look at the scale and not see the weight loss I was expecting or hoping for, how I responded was the difference maker. Was I going to feel sorry for myself and throw a pity party? Or was I going to see it as a learning opportunity to proceed more intelligently? And I was facing that same decision as I looked at the initial book numbers. How I respond to a reality that doesn't match my expectations, it is a story that I create. And it will either be empowering or disempowering, and the choice is mine. Was I going to throw a pity party and feel sorry for myself? Or would I choose to be curious instead of critical? Would I choose to use this information to proceed more intelligently, to proceed differently? Or was I going to tuck my tail between my legs and give up, right? I decided that the meaning I would make is 
this is a learning opportunity. Books are different than podcasts. Podcasts are free. Books cost money. It's five days in. (laughs) My podcast, when it started, didn't have the numbers that it has now. So I had to shift gears. I had to change my story. And the first thing was, okay, let me make sure my expectations are right. Because I've never written a book. So my publisher said, you know what? These numbers are actually excellent. Books aren't free and a lot of people don't read. And then I decided to let this empower me. Now I know I want something different. I want this book to have a massive impact. So if I want to make this better, what are all my options? What can I do about it? How can I participate in the solution instead of fixating on the problem? So I created a list of ideas and strategies. I asked myself a bunch of questions. I started going into different tactics. And when I shifted from how I felt about the problem to what I could do to create a solution, I immediately felt reinvigorated, determined, and focused. The facts are the facts. The numbers were what they were. That is true. But the story I tell about it determines what I do, the actions that I take, the choices that I make. And this also made me think about the the story that I had sent to my sister that morning. Mindset. I was being a glass, the small vessel swallowing that salty water, being a small container, and I could choose to be a lake. The amount of pain is the same, but our experience of it depends on our perspective, on our minds, on our hearts, on our stories. So I could choose to create this small story, oh, woe is me, first four days, they're not what I thought they would be. Or I could think bigger and in doing so, eliminate the story of pain, the story of struggle. I wrote a book. It has 50 five-star reviews from just the first handful of days. The feedback has been amazing. As I mentioned, it hit number one new release in multiple categories immediately out of the gate. I've got a lot to learn. The podcast didn't start with uh, any more than like three listeners, right? And nothing comes easily. This is an opportunity to, just like the leaking roof is an opportunity to say, well, I'm going to learn how you respond when your roof is actively leaking into the kitchen. Similarly, I'm going to get an opportunity to learn how to effectively communicate about my book because I haven't had to do that before. So I'm going to learn a new skill set. And I share this with you to show that the meaning we attach, the story we create, either empowers us or it doesn't. What meaning do you make from the things that have happened? And it begins by recognizing the story you're telling yourself that holds you back, which gets us back to why this podcast is happening today. I talk about stories all the time, but I had a different plan for today's episode And then I met someone who specializes in helping people create stories that empower them. And she is the one who introduced to me this phrase, standing on the shoulders of your story. I told you guys that I joined a business mastermind in 2019 to help me do better with primal potential. I've got some big goals and I've pretty much just been hustling for the last five years and I'm ready to be more strategic and get some help with that. 
And so in the first couple of weeks of 2019, I was familiarizing myself with the other people in the mastermind. And when I realized that one of the women in the group specializes in helping women take a story that has previously led them to isolation and frustration and shame and turn it into something that moves them forward, I was like, we need we need to talk. We need to talk. What What's your schedule? And so we ended up jumping on a call on a Saturday afternoon, chatting about stories. And I am so excited to share with you some of the strategies she uses to help people create empowerment and progress from the story. Once they know the story of the problem, the questions and the tools she gives them to turn it into something that moves them forward, I just had to share it with you. So you're going to be hearing a little bit of my chat with Marlo Ellis. Marlo is the founder and visionary behind The Uncommon Woman. The Uncommon Woman. I love, love, love that. She asks her clients about the story from which they're launching their lives. She has them think about a problem or a pain point and then asks them some really powerful questions to allow them to stand on the shoulders of their story. You are going to be hearing some of those questions and some of those tactics because the beliefs that you hold about yourself based on your past, based on things that are real, it's a crossroads. You can submit to them. You can have them be the reason that you isolate, that you feel stuck, or it can be a launch pad. So with that, I want to switch tracks and let you hear some of my conversation with Marlo. And please know that if you love her energy as much as I do, I will link to The Uncommon Woman as well as Marlo's social media channels, uh, Facebook, Instagram, over on the show notes. Just go to primalpotential.com forward slash 556, primalpotential.com forward slash five, five, six. And there you will find all the different ways to connect with Marlo. And she's also going to talk a little bit about the forum she uses, the program she has to walk people through this process. And I think you'll find it really, really fascinating. So such a pleasure to chat with Marlo. And I'm excited to let you guys hear some of that conversation. I know that it will help you. So here is Marlo talking about a question she asks her clients to help them empower themselves no matter what is in their history. I always say to the women, you know, your story is just one moment or many moments, right? Maybe a long moment in, in your life. Who were the person, who, who, were, who were you before the story Ooh, and who are you now? I and then that's that how you question. can define, that's how you can define how that story impacted you. Because so many women will say, uh, let's use, let's use, um, an abuse story. So, a uh, domestic abuse story and a woman will be sharing her domestic d- abuse story with me. And I'll say, well, I can, ma- I can't imagine you know, the impact that this has had on your life and your soul and your heart, and possibly your family. So who are you before that? What was your life like before that? 
Mm-hmm. So see, stories are stories are just opportunities for us to learn, right? So if if a woman recognizes that, oh man, you know, I never thought of that, which I hear all the time. I never thought of that. I had always wanted to marry a guy or be in a relationship with somebody who wasn't like my dad, and here I am doing the very thing I didn't want to do. I'll say, well, you know, that's really common. So drop your shoulders on that. You know, this is not unusual behavior. But what can you do now to make sure that your children don't follow that same cycle? What can you do now? Who can you be now Mm -hmm. that you're conscious of this story that will empower you and the generations to come after you so that you don't repeat the same cycle? One of the things I say to my clients is that you don't have to choose to let your story define you or confine you, right? It doesn't have to limit your future and it doesn't have to limit what you're capable of. You are not owned by or limited by in any way your story. So for Mm. somebody who maybe has a story around um, food, right? Like I don't have self-control. Yeah. So common, right? Right. And, and, and we believe in it that the past in Mm -hmm. some way limits who we can be today and it doesn't. So what are some of the, the strategies that you use with clients to help them not just understand intellectually, I can choose something different today, but have the confidence to actually do it? Giving them a visualization is a really powerful tool. Mm -hmm. So I will often ask my, you know, my clients or just women that I'm speaking to over coffee, you know, visualize your life. What would your life be like? What would your life be like if, you know, Tony Robbins always say, who would you be if? And I just love that. I remember seeing that, like Mm. come across a Facebook ad and I was like, oh, I'm taking that because it's so good. Who would you be if this story was no longer your focus? Mm Mm-hmm. Who would you be if you were able to set this down and only take the lessons, which is what I help people, help women do, right? Take their story, break it down into lessons and share it with others. Mm-hmm. Who would you be if you could be a teacher of this instead of the person that's in it? Struggling, yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's visualization because then you get them talking about who they would be. Oh, I would be empowered. I would be happy. I'd be helping other people. It would feel so good. I would feel in control of my situation. Great. What's the first thing that we can do to do that? Mm-hmm. And then they'll often say, well, I guess I just need to start figuring out how to not identify with that anymore. Okay, great. So even you just talking about that, is you already setting a standard that you're not going to identify with it? Yeah, and you're but, opening yourself up to a new possibility. Right. Instead of just exactly. conti- continuing to ex- explore the problem. In the past. Yeah. yeah. That is so major. Yeah. You when know, you, and sorry, go ahead. When you ask people, who would you be if? Mm-hmm. What I think it's so important to write these things down. Because when we just mull it over, right. like if somebody hears this and they're driving, they give it 15, 10 seconds of thought. It's very cursory. But Going deeper, making it real, writing it down, spending at least five minutes with it, right? When your first thoughts might come to you in 20 seconds and then you're stumped. What is your process for for letting people really consider that versus just having it pass through their consciousness in a moment? Act as if. 
It's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. So today I want you to act as if today yeah. I want you to every time that the, every time that that story comes up, I challenge you to flip it mm-hmm. and be the teacher just for today. And so what, what they're doing is they're starting to say, oh, I see that this is the same thing that pops up every day. And every day it pulls me right down. The moment I wake up in the morning, the first thing I think, you know, if it's a weight loss story, if it's a relationship with food issue, first thing that pops up in my mind is, oh, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Am I going to do what I should do mm-hmm. or am I going to do what I've always done? Mm-hmm. And it's instant, right? Mm-hmm. So act as if. What if you could act as if today the woman who's going to teach somebody else who was in your shoes right. the better way? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go to my fridge and I'm going to make the decision to have the thing that I know is going to serve my body. Right. Just It's a moment-by-moment moment decision. And, of course, we're going to fall backwards, you mm-hmm. know, or fall forwards, actually, really, is what we're doing is we're falling forward and going, okay, so that didn't work. I tried, uh, you know. My defenses fell or my why wasn't clear or I had a moment. I let my old story or my old version of self step back in. I need to tap back into my goddess, right? Mm. When I run these retreats every year in uh, Tulum, Mexico, and one of the things that I had the women do this year, which was really powerful, was I had them create their goddess, like imagine their highest version of self. Mm-hmm. Who is she? What does she look like? How does she enter a room? What is she wearing? What's the language that she uses? And when we were in... in deep story when we were doing some of the deep work, I would say to them, okay, let's step into your goddess for this, for this part of the day. Mm-hmm. So why not, why not step into our highest version of self? You know, that, that goddess who is our strongest, most beautiful, most powerful, wisest version of self mm-hmm. to make the hard decisions around the thing that we're struggling with. One of the things I have a lot of people say to me, no matter what, I just can't fill in the blank, whether that is you know, how they respond patiently to their children after a long day. And they, I just can't, like, no matter how much I want to, I just can't. And I say to them, and what you just said made me think of this. I say to them, if I offered you a million dollars to just get through today patiently, or just get through today making choices that make you feel proud, you would would be the easiest day of your life. You'd be like, what's the catch? Are you kidding? And nothing changed about your capacity. The only thing that changed was your perspective. The right. why all of a sudden got bigger, but your capacity didn't change. And I, uh, I think I had shared with you that I just Love it. released my first book a week ago. And Congratulations. It's amazing. Thank you. One of the exercises in the book is asking yourself a, a version of who would you be if, but basically if I showed up today as the version of me I want to be, Mm-hmm. how would I go through the day? And like really script it out. If I was as healthy, as wealthy, as whatever, as rich in relationship as I wanted to be, what are the kinds of things I would do? What are the kinds of things I wouldn't do? How would I make choices? What choices <laughs> would I not make? And literally right. writing those things down and then saying, okay, of the things on those lists, which can I do today? Which am I able and willing to do today just to kind of flex that confidence muscle? I love that strategy. I think that's beautiful. And, you know, it's showing them that value, no matter what it is, is so important. We're giving value, right? So you're just giving more value to your life right. by being by being happy. It's a gorgeous strategy. Yeah. And, and I'm sure it works. Whether it's do money or if you do it, you meet the person of your dreams. It doesn't matter what right. that thing is. But the point is, the only thing that changed in that moment to make it feel doable was your perspective. And that is why that story work and why I admire so much what you're doing. 
What do you think, if you could get inside the brains of people who are struggling with a story that holds them back and you could Mm -hmm. plant one seed, you could just wave your magic wand and when you finished, they would know this one thing with certainty. What would that be? That their story heals others and themselves. Like your story heals, period. Mm. You know? And the more we talk about it, the, the deeper the healing. You know, when part of my own personal story and that's related to this is that when I was in my abusive relationship, I didn't talk to anybody about it. And so it was just my soul was just eroding beneath that secret. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have an opportunity to share it with anybody. Well, now I share it with everybody and I encourage other women to share it with the people that they feel comfortable sharing it with. And the more comfortable that they get sharing their story And the more people they talk to about it, the more women will come back to me and say, so I was at this event today and I was really vulnerable and I shared a little tiny bit about my abuse story. And at the end of the day, like six women came up to me and said, oh my God, your story is my story. Mm -hmm. And I said, how do you know, I'll say, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like this whole thing is worthwhile. That's healing. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. You mentioned you have an event coming up. Tell me a little bit more about what... If somebody were to experience it, what is the primary benefit that you are looking to share with your participants? Right. So the it's actually a program called Seats to Stage. And what it is, is a program that brings women who have really powerful stories of strength from struggle, brings them forward kind of behind from behind the curtain, per se, right? So like myself, so many women have stories that they know are not uncommon, but they don't necessarily know who needs to hear it, how to start sharing. They don't even know how to take their story and break it down because they just feel like there's so many layers to it. Our stories can feel really overwhelming Mm -hmm. at times. And this is something that I've learned not only through my own experience, but, you know, just through speaking with other women. And when you have somebody help you work your way through that story and kind of peel away some of the layers that are often just our own emotional baggage around it Mm -hmm. and to just really leave it standing on its own as a story. There's so much that you can do with that. And so what Seats the Stage does is helps women take their story and kind of work with their story and turn it into like this golden ball of light that they can use to show to others. And so it's really standing on the shoulders of your story and becoming a teacher of your story and of the lessons that you've learned versus just being in it. So in Seats of Stage, I really help the women manage their fear and look at it from the outside in, that it's really just their vulnerability coming forward and that when you can actually stand on the shoulders of your story and see your story for what it is and see all the richness that it's brought to you as well as the lessons, then you can take those lessons and you can share them out with the world. There is no doubt in my mind that so many of you are listening, wondering how you can shift your story so that it takes you where you want to go, so that you no longer feel stuck or bound up by these artificial limitations from your past. Because the reality is, no matter what you have been through, no matter how long-standing the patterns are that you want to change, you can change them. So whether your desire is to shift your story, 
or to figure out how to use what you've learned and how you've changed to help others, hopefully today has given you some new ideas. And I love the questions that came up in today's episode. I strongly encourage you to really take the time to answer them. Not just rush through them, not think about them only for the duration of this episode, but really ask yourself, who was I before that? And who do I want to be now? What am I able and willing to do about that today? If you are looking to learn more about Marlo and the Uncommon Woman, head over to the show notes page, primalpotential.com forward slash 556. Primalpotential.com forward slash 556. I will link to everything we chatted about in today's episode, including ways to learn more about Marlo, her programs, and following her on social media. Make it a great day. I'll chat with you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.